Praise God and welcome to Moment of Impact with your brother Amaro. We want to talk about sexual desire. And this is targeted for men. Not to alienate the women. But I want to speak to the guys. Because to be frank, guys, sex is a major distraction for us. And a blessing as well. When you find the right woman and you're able to make a home with her. But sex preoccupies people. And what I mean by people, I mean men. It robs them of greatness. It embarrasses them. And makes them fail by being distracted from their goals. We have a lot of examples. Bill Clinton, Bill Cosby, and Matt Lauer and many others who have been embarrassed by their sexual behaviors having it all and yet having nothing and it's a shame because even people who appear to have great moral standings also fail to the traps set by this impulse that is within all of us. A desire for sexual gratification, a desire for sex, sexual morality, and this desire is within ourselves and everybody has it, whether you're good or whether you're bad whether you're moral or immoral. There are certain restraints with people who are more moral than others, but yet those impulses are there. So we want to speak about our hearts, protecting our hearts from being turned away from God, protecting our hearts from being turned away from our families and our spouses. And we're going to share two stories with you two historical accounts from the book of the from the Bible. And the first one is in 2 Samuel chapter 11. There we're going to find David, the one that killed Goliath, facing an even bigger giant. And it begins in verse 1. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Amorites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing 
The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. The men said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from the, her monthly uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. So here we have one of the greatest kings, if not the greatest king of Israel. And he has taken the wife of one of his soldiers. The scripture tells us that David did not go with his army during the season when kings go to war. It was springtime. The atmosphere, the temperature, the weather was perfect for battle. Perfect to settle accounts. Perfect to defeat the enemy. Perfect to encounter the enemy. But yet, David decided to stay home and not win the battle, but rather he sent other men to fight his battle for him. And he stood behind. And while he's there by himself, the biggest battle began to occur. Most of us are great fighters when we have other people around us. When we have eyes watching us. When there's a Goliath in front of us and a whole army surrounding us. But the most dangerous battle, the most treacherous battle, is when we are alone and we believe that no one is watching us and that no one sees us and that we can get away with whatever we want to get away with. Here we have David, certainly a man of power, a man of honor, a man of respect, being the king. He got up from his bed and just simply walked around. He was walking around on his roof of the palace, not thinking about the fight, not thinking about his men and fighting. You know, some of us want to get closer to the Lord, and yet we are expecting others to pray for us, expecting others to intercede for us, expecting others to read the word for us, expecting others to pray over us, expecting others to come and find us. But here David is alone, walking on the roof without a care in his mind. He said, I've fought many other battles. What do I need to fight another one? And yet, when we are not occupied, our minds become preoccupied with other things. And here, the defender of Israel, the, yes, the defender of Israel is walking on the roof without a care in his life. And yet he sees a beautiful woman 
bathing. The Bible says that she was very beautiful, verse 2. And one evening, David got up from his bed and walked on the roof of the palace. From that roof, he saw a woman. The woman was very beautiful. You see, the enemy that is within our own minds will consider the things of others as beautiful. You never see a sexual temptation with something that does not attract you. Sexual temptations are designed to present themselves as beautiful, but at the end, they bite like a serpent. Here we have this great man of power, and yet he sees this woman, he calls for her, and then he's, the man come back and they tell him, she is married. In other words, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. She is married, sir. But David didn't care about that. All he was focusing was on that image that he saw, the image of the woman taking a shower, taking a bath. And he said, I want her. She belongs to me. I need to have sex with her. I need to take her. And he allows himself to commit adultery. David was married, and so was Bathsheba, belonging to one of his soldiers. He took something that didn't belong to him to satisfy that curiosity. See, curiosity is dangerous for men, especially sexual curiosity. What is, how can it be, what would it be like? How many marriages have been destroyed because we men have allowed ourselves to be taking captives by our curiosity. But our desire to experience something that is just imaginary. Here, David steals the woman that doesn't belong to him just to gratify his sexual desire at that moment. A man that could have had any other person a man that probably had many wives, and yet he decided to take this one because his desire, his temptation was for this one. You may have a beautiful home. You may have beautiful children. But yet a situation may present itself where you will be tempted to do something that you know is not right. You will be tempted perhaps to go into the porn site that you know you shouldn't go into and then you're going to commit a sin that you will be ashamed of because you know that deep inside yourself you are humbling yourself before this desire instead of overtaking it with power and crushing its head as Christ Jesus crushed the head of the serpent. Here we have a man becoming a loaf of bread. The champion, David, committing this crime. So David, you know, receives a message from Bathsheba in verse 5. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. She doesn't add anything else. She just says, I am pregnant. She doesn't say, I wonder if it's yours. She doesn't say, I'm not sure who it belongs to. She says, I am pregnant. You're going to have to handle this situation. Now, she had a husband 
Uriah. Now David is thinking fast, what else can I do to cover this lie? What else can I do to cover myself? So he sends for Uriah, the soldier. And she, and he comes. And David invites him over and gives him wine, gets him drunk. David is doing this, folks. Gets him drunk to, you know, trick him. So he can go to his house and sleep with his wife. But Uriah slept, Bible says in verse 9, at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. See, Uriah still was thinking about battle. Uriah was not thinking about sexual gratification. Uriah was more concerned about honoring the Lord and honoring his king who was betraying him than sexual gratification. See, there is something that is called conviction. And great men have it. A conviction is an insensible, unchangeable position that you have based upon your faith. It is not negotiable. It is secure. It is solid. And here Uriah had a solid relationship with his God, the God of Israel, a solid relationship with his people, a solid relationship with, his, with, the, with the Ark of the Covenant. He understood the value of the battle. He understood the value of fighting for God. And yet he was not willing to bend. Even with his own, with his own wife, which wouldn't have been a sin. And yet he said, I cannot enjoy any pleasure at this moment because my desire for God, my desire for these people is greater than sexual gratification. Oh, that we may have conviction like this. That we may have conviction when we are by ourselves in a hotel, away from our wives. When we may, that we may have conviction when we are driving and driving and a beautiful woman passes by and she gives us attention. That we may have conviction when we're speaking with somebody who is a woman of the opposite sex and she desires to you know, be with us, that we may quickly and fast say, I belong to the Lord. I, my mind is still in battle. My mind is still at war against the principalities and powers of this world. And I will fight against flesh and blood. And I will defend the covenant of my God. And I will defend and, and glorify him with my body. I will not present my body as a tool for sin. So here we have David betraying his men. Betraying his faith. Betraying his position as the little Israel by committing such a heinous act. You know, one, one of the reasons that we must be careful and we must protect ourselves of men is because we certainly have eyes watching us. We have our children watching us. Our wives watching us. And our children will repeat the same things that we're repeating. See, in 1 Kings chapter 11, we find Solomon, the son of David, as king now. And the, the heading of this 
text says, Solomon's heart turns from the Lord. What a sad testimony. His heart that belonged once to God now has shifted away from God. And the reason that it has shifted is because sexual sin, sexual immorality, unlegitimate sex will rob you of your heart, of your relationship with God. See, it says here, verse 11. I mean, chapter 11, verse 1. It reads as follows. Follow me as I read the scripture. Glory to God. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace at this moment. Hallelujah. If God is talking to you, just praise him at this moment and just acknowledge him and thank him because he's speaking to you right now. Hallelujah. So, we go to Solomon chapter, excuse me, 1 Kings chapter 11. And verse 1 says, But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians and Hittites. That's all the women that he loved. He says he loved many foreign women, verse 1, as well as the, as the daughter of the Pharaoh. So he loved Moabite women. He loved Ammonite women, Edomites women, Sidonians and Hittites. All these women were women that God warned them specifically not to uh, have any relationship with because they served foreign gods. They serve idols and Solomon was a worshiper of the true and living God who glorified himself in the temple that he created for God and descended upon the temple with his glory and now this man who asked for wisdom and God gave him wisdom now stands in a place where his heart has been shifted away from God because he loved many foreign women. Do you love many foreign women? Do you love women that do not belong to you? As a man, of course, you look at them, of course you desire them. But at to what point will you allow yourself to be dragged away in heart and mind by those desires? We must focus our eyes in Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So here it says, verse 2, from the nations of whom the Lord has said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry them, nor, their, nor they with you. Surely, says, they will turn away your heart after their gods. You see, God gave him a warning. He says, they will turn away your hearts after their gods. So it says here, Solomon clung to, this, to these love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. So he had a thousand women. And his wife and his wives turned away his heart. The saddest testimony. He was so concerned about pleasure. He was so concerned about gratifying his sexual desires that his heart shifted away from God. His treasure, as the Bible says, wherever your treasure is, there's your heart. 
turning away from God to sex. His heart turned away from God to sex because now his heart was in sex. Now, with foreign sex, with illegitimate sex, comes a price. And the price that came with it was these false idols, these false gods, stealing Solomon's eyes, Solomon's heart from the true and living God who manifested himself in the temple that he built for him. And it says, For it was so, when Solomon was old, that his wife turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God. His heart was not faithful any longer. He still had a form of godliness, but it, he denied the power of it. He still had a form of looking Christian. He still looked and appeared Christian. He still knew how to do the Christian things. But his heart was not 100 for God. His heart was not 100 for God. He still believed in God. He still knew that God was true. He still knew in the, about the glory of the Lord. But yet, he refused to walk in his grace. He refused to walk in holiness. Because sexual desire, sexual gratification was greater for him. He became a lover of pleasure rather than a lover of God. Oh God, may you have mercy in our souls. It says here, For Solomon went after Astaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully again Follow the Lord as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place for, the, for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that, that is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon, and did likewise for all his foreign wives. He burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord the God of Israel, who had appeared to him. His heart went away. His heart was turned away from the God that had appeared to him. I know some of you perhaps do not know the Lord as Savior, but some of you that are listening to me that you know God as Savior, and you say to yourself, this may never you know, this cannot happen to me. My brothers, be careful. David was supposed to go to war and he did not. He stood, he became complacent. Solomon is here, the wisest man besides Jesus, the one that built the temple and it was filled with the glory of God. And here he is with his heart turned shifted away from God and he built false gods in the city of God in Jerusalem. He built abominations his, to please and keep his sexual gratifications, his sexual desire please rather than pleasing God. So make, be careful about the commitments and compromises that you're making to gratify your sexual desires, to gratify the, the hunger that is within your flesh, 
to do sexual immorality, especially when no one is watching you. Remember that no one doesn't count God. God is watching us. God is looking down on us. And the Bible says that God's eyes go through and fro throughout the earth to strengthen the heart of those who are fully committed to him. So if your heart is fully committed, God will strengthen you like he strengthened Joseph, who's the wife of Potiphar, wanted to sleep with him, but he was resistant to the point that he ran away from her. And he understood that this sin wouldn't be a sin against Potiphar, but it would be a sin against his God. So let us not sin against God. Let us not sin against our families. And let us, just let us be strong. And let's take this moment. If you have fallen, if you have failed God, and you feel like you are in a place where you cannot come back from, I want to let you know that God is a forgiving God. And God loves you. And God's desire is for you. So just take this one minute. This one minute that we have left together. And I want you to praise the Lord with me. You're never too far gone to be blessed. Hallelujah. Yes. Father God, I pray for the men who have fallen trapped to pornography, who have fallen trapped 